He's just a hack. He's just an absolute hack. And he gets his ass kicked by his teammates every week. It's just, you know, it's terrible. It's just terrible. Welcome back to Hack City. Joe DeLeon, Sean Anderson, two former college football players from the University of Rhode Island. Today we are going to be previewing week nine of college football action. It's insane that we're already on week nine. We're way past that halfway point. And this week, not exactly the most exciting week. It's a little bit of a, you know, a, little bit of a pause before you get to the main entree here. Okay. All right. Well, you could put it that way. You could say that it sucks. Is that... Is that how we really want to put it? We want to put it and say that it sucks? This is when it's supposed to be good. It's supposed to be spicy now. It, there's no spice. Well, you're not spiced up by Duke versus Louisville and Utah versus Oregon. That's not spice. What about what about Georgia, Florida? That doesn't spice things up for you? Am I supposed to? I'm, I can't keep on making fun of Billy Napier, and I refuse to. But he That's does not, not spice me up. It. He does not fire me up. Well, what does fire me up, Sean? is that I was in the green this past week on Bet Online, and I'm going to be in the green again with my bets this week. I've got some sicko bets uh, that are going to hit a couple of these Tuesday nighter bets coming up tonight. And Sean, can you tell our listeners where they can find Bet Online and why it's the best platform? Well, isn't it game seven tonight between the Phillies and the Diamondbacks, I believe? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. It was a genuine question. Uh, game seven, uh, Phillies, Diamondbacks, NLCS. Winner goes to the World Series. Loser goes to Cancun or back to awful Philadelphia. And if you want to bet on this game, <laughs> you have everything you need. Hey, man, I'm bet. watching New Mexico State, Louisiana <laughs> Tech. You can't, that, you can't make me watch. I bet on it. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> Head to bet online if you if you want to bet on what was it Louisiana Tech New Mexico State or the yep. NLCS Game Seven. <laughs> they have both. I think NBA is tipping off tonight also, so it, it it, it's a great night uh, for sports. If you're a hockey fan, they got hockey. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code Believe. That's B L E A V to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Let's go, Phils. Hope they do it all, win it all this year. Hope they get to have a parade and, and you get the the Mummer Street marching band. Or the all right, Mummers all right, band. all Everyone right, all right. Go and have a good all right, time. Pats and Pinos, right. Liberty Bell, City of Brotherhood. All right, love. we're all, all right, back. All right, we 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 get it. We get it that you want to jinx me. It's not going to happen. We got college football though to talk about. Sean, I want to start us off with Duke versus Louisville. I think a couple weeks ago. Pre the Riley Leonard injury, this game would have been really fun. Actually, maybe forget that timeline, but this is the the two teams. That timeline didn't make any sense now that I say it. These two teams are the two teams that made things hell for Notre Dame. Duke almost pulled it out. Riley Leonard injury happens at the end of that game. Louisville does actually pull out the upset. I hate both of these teams. I'm just going to put that out there on the plate. But since then... Both of these teams have stumbled a little bit. Duke is currently out of a quarterback. The next guy up for them in Henry uh, Henry Bielen, the fourth, has not been great. And on top of things, Louisville completely pooped their pants when they played Pitt. But we still have a ranked-on-ranked matchup. We still have a battle for what is a close race for that second spot in the ACC after UNC lost. Who is going to play Florida State? And this game is going to be really important for projecting that. Sean, 
Are you, am, am I crazy to say here that I think that, that Duke has a pretty big edge? Why did Louisville lose to Pitt? Why did that happen? Pitt's fine. I wish we all knew. I have no beef with Pitt. I have no problem with Pitt. But what was that? You can't do well, that. Actually, I wait, wait. Let me put this out there. I don't think Louisville is very good. Neither do I. Added analysis? I think Duke is a good team. I think Duke is a good football team. They are an even better football team with their healthy starting quarterback who will probably mm-hmm. go to the next level. Probably. I don't know why I said probably. He will. They are the better football team. Louisville caught some fire and decided to maybe try making things interesting. But here's the fun trend in the ACC over the last couple of years. Any team, with the exception of Florida State, that tries to make things interesting, uh, I guess this is the, the phrase of the week, has pooped their pants sometime in October that's or the, November. That's the phrase of the season, man. <laughs> that's the phrase of the season. I, the ACC teams can't decide, hey, we want to win the conference. So all of us are going to get – we're just – going to have an inexplicable loss after we go on a mad tear. Syracuse did it last year. Uh, UNC did it last year. NC State was supposed to be team of the season last year, and they, they crapped it up in the first two weeks. Uh, who else? I mean, Virginia Tech stinks. UVA stinks. But they had a good win. UNC did it again this year. Louisville did it this year. Clemson fall, fell apart last year, and they're still bad this year. Nothing. The ACC does not want to win. But they're all, and this is why I don't get all that talk about, oh, uh, we're the top seven and you're the, the bottom eight or whatever. You're all the same. You're all the same. <laughs> Including Clemson. So that needs all to be the important part there. are the same. All, and Florida State, yeah. you were the same for the last 10 years and you're having a good year now. Well, you and the other thing, too, there, with there Florida should be State. no hierarchy in the ACC. You're no. all perfect for each other. The, the other thing, too, with Florida State is we've, we've kind of seen them play against Boston College when they played against Clemson. And then for three quarters of the Duke game, if Riley Leonard is fully healthy, Duke wins that football game. Duke was in control, and then his re-aggravation to the injury is what set up Florida State to win that football game. If it wasn't for that, that spark that they don't have to worry about the quarterback being as much of a threat as he was, that's what set them off. So to that point, Florida state kind of does in a way feel like a team that not, isn't going to implode, but is going to slip up. They have a really weak interior offensive line and they've been having some trouble against good defensive fronts running the football. And then happened against Duke. There's nobody that I really think is going to test them on the rest of their schedule. Maybe it's Miami. Maybe Miami with that front could just come out and completely stun everyone and ruin things for the ACC of putting somebody into the play, into the college football playoff. But you bring up a really good point here. This whole goddamn conference, it's unpredictable. Anybody wins on any week. I think everyone loves to talk about that with the Pac-12 and the SEC, but I can at least predict the best teams are going to beat the worst teams. I can't do that with the ACC. Nope. You definitely can't, and you're perfect for each other. All of you are perfect for each other. So when, for some reason, the yearly wave of realignment comes back, I don't want to hear jack squat from any of them, unless you unless you go to the CFP or you win the national championship. Then you could talk Florida State about about you know uh, uh, poking that thing out for the SEC, which is what you're doing all off season. Embarrassing. 
It was embarrassing the way – they were tooting that thing up, weren't they, Joe? They were tooting that thing up. I, I think that the way you – I don't know what you meant by poking that thing out because I've never heard that Same, before. But it's it just older phrase. It's it's an older outcast used it a lot. Uh, or not a lot, but okay. a little – I think it was Big Gip used it. Uh, but it was tooting that thing up before tooting that thing up. <laughs> <laughs> to be very specific, talking about this game, though, Henry Bielen Jr. is such a drop-off. And I'm not trying to be negative. Like, I'm not sitting here bashing him, but my... <laughs> That's my <laughs> negative. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Let me, the let guy me coming in trying. for you, he's awful. And I'm not trying to, you know, say that. But you the, just did. The points I was trying to state here, Sean, uh-huh. I don't think that... There, God, this is going to sound negative. I don't think that there is a bigger gap between a starter and a second quarterback on any roster in the country, like in the country for a, for a quality rankable. Let me be a little bit more specific. I'll say I don't think there is as the much old, of a gap. Yeah. I don't think there's as much of a gap on any of the top 30 teams in the country. There's just not. And Beelan jr. Younger player. He's going to be fine. I know. I actually know his quarterback coach. Mm. I think that he's going to be a good player down the line, but like right now, 13 for 26 for an interception and three touchdowns in this span is uninspiring. And that's a problem. What does keep Duke alive is that their run game is really freaking good. Jordan Waters, Jarquez Moore, they have been phenomenal. They have been great to watch. But I worry without that passing game facet to their game, what does that do for them against Louisville who took the pass away from Notre Dame? And it's equally as bad as a receiver room as Notre Dame's. I know what you were saying with the quarterback point, and I don't think you're inherently wrong. I think there was a way to say it. It's Riley Leonard is so good, and that creates a bigger gap. It's not the Ole Miss quarterback room where they just keep on bringing in transfers, and if one goes down, oh, we got a fifth here. Oh, we got a guy, Mm -hmm. a four-star. Oh, we got a three-star. There's a bigger gap, and uh, that's because Riley Leonard is so good, and that's the non-negative spin that I can put on it. I I think that's how you operate. Uh, Louisville this year haven't given me much of a reason to watch them. Uh, I know Jamari Thrash is pretty solid at wide out. He's very, very fun to watch. And uh, I I don't know. Jack Plummer? I I just... the, he's a sigh. That's the okay. that's the best way to okay. describe I was, Jack. Plummer. I wanted to get your read on Jack Plummer. He's fine. Okay, you know he's kind of middle of the ground, gets the job done. But is he when you need him to be a little more than that? He's not going to do that. Is he good enough to move the ball for four quarters against Duke? No, 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 three quarters against Duke. I'm not. I don't want. I don't need teams to move the ball for four quarters against Duke because their offense isn't going to do that. Conversely. So if you have a quarterback or an offense that can do that against that defense, because uh, you know Mike Elko is going to scheme it up. He's been impressive, and he's kept on getting dealt, been dealt awkward, weird hands with injuries to not have the fully complete team. That stupid loss to Notre Dame was just it was just dumb. But can can Plummer and the Louisville offense move the ball against that defense for three quarters of the game? Well, I think a lot of what has made what made Louisville look as good as they did against Notre Dame was the fact that Jawar Jordan exploded the way that he did. He had a big the game. performance that he had, 
He is one of the most underrated running backs in the country. He's shifty. He's very, very fast. He's that type of running back that is like when you've got these big backs like Audric Estime that are just grind you up the middle, they're dangerous, but they're not as dangerous as somebody who can kill you in space because those Killian space guys are so just frustrating, just completely deflating when they rip off a long run. So that's something that's going to be really important here. Can you continue to get him into the mix? And the NC State game, I believe, where they almost lost and it was a really close game, he didn't have a great game. And a lot of it fell on Jack Plummer's shoulders, and they couldn't really move the ball when it was all on Jack Plummer's shoulders. That's why I lean Duke in this one, Sean. That's why I really mm. think that Duke is going to win this game is that their defensive line with Aeneas Peebles and R.J. Oben on that defensive line, Al Blades Jr. has been so, so good in that secondary. There's so many veteran football players on the back end that I think it's just going to give them that much of an advantage. This is probably going to be pretty low scoring, though. I, this feels like a really low scoring game. I think so, too. I just had it pulled up, coincidentally. Uh, Jawar Jordan, he put up 143 and two touchdowns on you guys for on 21 carries. 6.8 yards a carry against Notre Dame. Jeez. You guys also gave up four and a half sacks. I'm not picking on Notre Dame, but gosh, Louisville was capable in that performance. Just be capable. I'll probably take Duke also. I probably I think Duke comes out with the win. God, it's going to be tight. It's going to be a weird, ugly yeah. ACC game that might be fun or it might be what else is on that. That's how I see it going. I really wish they were putting this game on the CW. We, we need it on the CW. Um, second game, though, this one is the other ranked on ranked game. This one, I think, could be fun because of where it's being played. It's being played at Utah, Utah versus Oregon. Everything that we could pull up statistically, if we broke down their entire roster, I think most would be quick to jump to the fact that Oregon probably wins this football game, that Oregon has been one of the most well-rounded teams in the country. They just caught, got caught making some bad decisions against Washington, and they probably should have won that game. Yeah. They should probably be undefeated right now. But I can't sit here and commit to Oregon winning this game because of where it's being played at Utah is one of the hardest places to play in the country. It's not a massive stadium. It's not a hundred thousand seat stadium, but it's a void. It's a vacuum. You step into it and there's no getting out of it. They currently, I believe have one of the longest active home winning streaks. I think they came into the year with like 14 or 15. I didn't tally it up. I, for some reason there's no one tracking it currently and I couldn't find the exact number, but they have one of the best active home winning streaks for a reason because that place is so freaking hard to play at. I know that they have injuries. I know that they have limitations. But don't be shocked if this thing is like a three-point game at the end of the day. Oregon probably wins it because they're a little bit more athletic and in key important positions and they're more well-rounded. But Utah can really drag you down to their level. I, For this game, I draw back to the Oregon-Colorado game. Why would you do that? There's not much of a reason to. Well, I do. In that game, Oregon showed how they showed their gap in the Pac-12. And I made this point where each time that a playmaker on offense got the ball, they were running, even when they were tackled, they looked strong. They were falling forward every time. On defense, same thing. They made a tackle. The, the Colorado player did not fall forward. They did not move forward. Mm. 
It was yards, yards, yards gained and held. I don't see that happening against Utah. Utah and their defense just strikes the fear into the heart of whatever team is playing them. I don't I would not want to go into that stadium and play. I it just would not be a fun experience playing football in a jail cell. That's what it would feel like. It's tight, the fans are loud. It's all they got going on. The Jazz suck. So you're just saying, "Hey, we're going to come down to Utah. We're going to make as much noise as possible." And I'm still waiting for the Utah choke. Still waiting for it. It'll happen at some point. Every time I get all in, the the the, the other shoe drops and I I'm aware and prepared for it, and it could be Oregon that delivers it. But is Oregon tough enough? Are they a tough enough team at each position to go to battle with Utah? Cuz Utah's just got Right. I'm not going to keep drawing the, the same uh, conclusion, but it's a or, or quote, but it's a fantastic quote for what this team is built out of. They got a bunch of pig farmers playing for that team, going out and, and just trying to take your head off. And I think it's truly epitomized by Sion Vaki, who has had the impact that he has a safety who's still playing both ways, who has a 200 yard scrimmage game. And again, still plays defense in this game and is a bigger reason why they beat USC last week. The fact that they play that style and a guy like him has an impact in the game is just showing me that they don't care who you are. They don't care what they are and what you think of them. They're just going to show up and punch you in the mouth for four quarters and try to keep things close. That's why, and I think the, the line on this is like minus seven or something weird like that. I think that. Oregon is favored by seven. Yeah, oh, you did. That was one of your picks. I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch that Oregon to cover. I just think that this team, even when they're down and you don't have Cam Rising and you need to find a way to win a football game, you can pull from something and find a way to keep the game close. Their defense, though, as you're talking about, is just so freaking physical. Jonah Ellis is one of the leading players in the country in sacks and quarterback pressures. He is a problem. So we're going to have to see, can that quality Oregon offensive line keep him in check? The flip side of things... Is Bryson Barnes able to replicate at least three-quarters of what he did against USC? I know USC's defense is terrible. It's pathetically bad. But is there a way for him to at least put together a strong start and not play as bad as he did early on in the season that caused him to get benched for Nate Johnson? That's where I'm I'm trying to figure this out. Because I it all is truly contingent on what Bryson Barnes does. Because I know that when Oregon's offense stalls, there's somebody to go to. If Bo Nix is having a tough day, he's still going to find Troy Franklin. When he, when Troy Franklin and Bo Nix are having a tough time, Bucky Irving's there to kill you in space. They're just well-rounded enough yeah. that there's enough athletes there that they can find a way if needed. Man, that they've had a lot of really – Utah has had a lot of really good games this year, and their offense, when it has been lacking for the most part, has been able to do the job. There were times that that Florida game, we'll go back right back to week one or week zero, whatever the hell it was. Their offense wasn't great, but they still put up points. Uh, they beat UCLA by seven points, 14 to seven. I think they got a pick six on like the first play. And, and they scored seven points for the rest of the game. But they held a UCLA offense, which is good and has dynamic players, to seven points. The Oregon State game confuses me. And I'm just going to chalk that up to Oregon State magic and, and, and Pacific Northwest uh, uh, shamanry. There, there's... 
I can't do anything about it because there's no reason that uh, Utah's defense should have gotten beaten by a DJU-led offense. And I will give all due respect to Oregon State all season, rooting for them, pulling for them, same with Wazoo. But that loss, it was. It, it seemed like the one time where that offense just truly stalled out. They couldn't get anything going. And then the USC game inspires me a little bit because if you put up 30 points, I'm going to say you have a, you you can you can go and compete with Oregon. And I, I, I mean, Oregon's defense isn't that good, right? It's not. It's nowhere near to as bad as USC's. No, it, it's it, it. Oregon's defense is good. Or Oregon's defense is good for what they held Washington in check to. They're good. They're a very good defense. Washington had 36 points. Oregon also had 33 that's, points. That's a pretty good performance considering – okay, and I know that some people are going to go, what about the Arizona State game? I know that's going to come in the comments. I mean, that's a big – yeah. The They are, when they're fully healthy and they're in rhythm, that Washington team is ridiculous. I think holding them down to 36 points is a pretty, pretty big accomplishment. Mm. Okay. That's fine. I, I'm just saying I think Utah's offense – has gradually improved, even though they had a bad hiccup, speed bump, back-breaking loss against Oregon State. Oregon gave up 30 points to Texas Tech. Shut up. Uh, wait, I see, I, I kind of disagree with that. I don't think the Oregon State game was a speed bump. I think that they their offense has been consistently terrible. It's been really bad. Like They haven't been able to figure out anything, and they've been getting progressively more and more injured. I think that the USC game was just more out of the ordinary that they were going up against a really bad defense that helped them look better than they actually are. Oregon just gave up 24 to Wazoo. Oh, Cam Ward. And they get, they like Cam, Cam yeah. Ward threw for 440 yards. If Bryson Barnes if, is if, not if, Cam right, Ward. Yeah, you know I, that. I, but if Barnes can throw for 220, then we got a game Then we got a real game. All right, let's get to our betting picks yeah, here. Is that fair? Yeah, why not? Um, I went three and O last week because you suck. Uh, you went one one and one That's because right. you suck. Currently sitting at sixty five percent. You are at fifty four percent total record on the season. Seventeen nine and one for me. Thirteen eleven and three. Sean, my first pick. Here. Yeah, sure. I am surprised that Wazoo is only favored. By six and a half points against Arizona State. Look, their their performance last week was commendable. Great stuff. You got the guy with the goggles who played in the game, and most of the team kind of resembles that feel. Um, Wazoo's kind of reeling right now. They're trying to get their feet back underneath them. I know Cam Ward can flip the switch when he needs to. Six and a half points, they're gonna cover that easy. I don't I'm not giving an easy stamp. I think it's a fine bet. I think it is a bet that just says, hey, I'm smart. Look at this offense. Look at Wazoo. Look what they do. Uh, and win by a touchdown. Like that. That's fine. That's a, a good, straightforward caveman shit. bet Don't. that I like. I like those bets. But I'm so, last week. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go, go, go ahead. Criticize my, you criticize my bets. And when you criticize I'm them, they saying I hit. like the so, bet. No, you, no, that was backhand. I'm that just saying you can't. See. Very bad. I'm just saying, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I have that much confidence after seeing what Arizona state just did. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Your first pick. Yeah. My first pick, uh, BYU getting 17 and a half points against Texas. 
let's see who Texas uh, trots out there. It's either going to be Malik Murphy or Arch Manning. I don't know if either of them are going to build up enough of a score, a lead on offense specifically uh, to 18 points solely because of them. Quinn Ewers. Okay, fine. I'll take Texas giving that right now. New quarterback, new environment, new offense. I'm taking BYU. Go Cougs. Go Cougar. Or, or is that what they're saying is? I have no idea. Their mascot's sick as hell, though. Um, yeah. Actually, no, go go Texas. Keep rooting for the guys that don't play f- football on the field. Oklahoma State. You're a jackass. Was a home run pick last week. Go Boosters. And... <laughs> Oklahoma State minus seven and a half versus Cincinnati. Look, Cincinnati has not been good. Their offense isn't putting up a lot of points. They've been a little shaky so far this year in the Big 12 under new leadership. Oklahoma State is a wagon right now. They are the most dominant rushing team in college football. Their running back's name is escaping me at this moment. But they are really freaking good at the moment. They are unbelievable in October. Give me Gundy. Minus seven and a half versus Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, that wagon that you're talking about, you know, they only put up 27 against Arizona State, so sure. I, I don't know if they're wagon worthy, but I'm fine with it. Since that was State. that was in September before they figured out this kid's name is going to bother me. <laughs> Ollie Gordon. Yes, Ollie Gordon. God, he went crazy on the beat last week against West Virginia. West Virginia, by the way. 282 and four touchdowns. God. West Virginia is better than Cincinnati. So I think he goes for 300. You keep on putting a weird inflection on, on certain sentences, and it's making my skin crawl. My Your next pick, shut right. up. Uh, my Your next pick, pick uh, Utah getting seven versus Oregon. They, they, this is so dumb because whenever- this is really risky. I don't know why you would touch this. Well, you talked yourself into Oregon. You you did that, and I do that all the time. I am taking the seven. I like Utah as the underdog. I hate Utah as favorites. Hate that. Utah as a home underdog? Yes, please. They, they, they're getting seven just being at home in that environment. So, yeah, I will take Utah getting seven. My last one, perfect pick here. Army UMass under 40 and 48 and a half points. UMass is one of the worst teams in the country. I know that they had that nice first game, but they have lost every single game since. Come on, it's Army. They're not going to put up more than 48 points. 48 points? Mm-hmm. Yeah, give me that under. Yeah, okay. Sorry, 49. I just need I need exactly 48. It's 48 and a half. It's a good pick. That's a good over under. I don't know why it's set that high. That's a terrible, that is a terrible line. Given that should be early. 20. Eight, 20 at the max. That, okay, that's a great bet, Joe. That is genuinely a great bet. My final bet to cap it off, uh, Wyoming getting five against Boise State. Wyoming's been the team this year. When you need them, they're there for you. If they're going to cover, they're going to play hard-nosed cowboy football they only lost by seven to a true definitive wagon in Air Force uh, last week, or two weeks ago, rather. And now they get rested up, going to play Boise State. Go get them. Wyoming getting five on the blue turf. A, no fear. 
you took all the bets that I looked at them, almost did them, and then I thought them through and realized that they were stupid. So congratulations. That makes me happy. I know how dumb of a uh, better you are because I have a shaved face and you have a stupid patchy beard on yours. So Yeah, but I'm there good. was no line to bet on the bet that I yeah, – we're not doing this. All right, I'm other thoughts before we wrap up. Um, I have to pull up – Sean, you sent this to me the I other did. day or today today yes and it has to be one of the best things that has been sent to me this entire season so justin ferguson tweets auburn defensive back jalen simpson posted this week posted this this week and it is a picture of plankton and the crabby patty <laughs> so you just formula. sent me after that <laughs> he said nathan king asked him what plankton mentality is his response is Ever since I've known Plankton, dudes had one goal. Get the Krabby Patty secret formula. He don't stop. Every episode, he's on it. Need to get that Plankton mentality every game. Look, I have... I have... Are you, you said you're laughing at the thing I said after that? Yeah, it caught it. I have heard some really good things. But honestly, that might be one of the best analogies that I've heard brought up. Like we heard Caleb Williams say some stupid shit last week. The, the, the quote that is one of the most fake hard things you can say, a lion doesn't concern himself with a sheep. Everyone wants to be in these 12 and a halfs or whatever it was. That's something you say to yourself that you've been reciting in your head all day. And then you wait for somebody to ask you. Yeah. That one, that one's played out. The plankton mentality thing is easily one of the coolest, most based things I've heard all year because he's right. He, he is constantly rolling the boulder up the hill, going after something that is impossible to attain, yet he still strives for it. That's what I love about this. Because every, you, you always hear these analogies, and it's always something that's attainable. You know, It's always something that you can get. But Plankton never gets it. And that's what the real truth here is. I like that you he grind until you get it. <laughs> I like that he personally knows SpongeBob, uh, Plankton from SpongeBob. That's what I like. What? Ever since I've known Plankton, dudes had oh. one goal. <laughs> You're an ass. That's the phrasing of it that gets me. It's just there's a way that football players talk, type, tweet, post, whatever, that is unmatched by any other, any other sport. Yeah. I, they just is just about the game. It's all it'll ever be about. And the, everyone's trying to be a little bit unique. There's so much personality. There's so much ego. There's so much just fun stuff like this that makes it great. Ever since I've known Plankton, keep getting to know him. Keep hanging out with him. Try to get that formula, man. That's great. Hey, man, Pl- Plankton's my guy, man. Um, <laughs> Sean, last thing. I'm going to let you lead this in because I think it'd be a lot more entertaining if you lead it in. Because if I try to explain it, I don't think it's going to be as funny. Yeah, sure, sure. Um known joe for a while now i know that joe likes really dumb shit and one of the dumbest things that we have going on right now in general society or online is being ai image creation you say what's that i say congratulations you don't have to know this well apparently in bing there is an extension where you Mm -hmm. can create or have a a an 
uh, artificial intelligence. It's I don't know if it's technically AI. A lot of stuff is labeled AI, but it's not truly AI. It, it, it is AI, but it's a little bit. There's some guardrails on it to keep it simplified. Well, sure. It's Bing. Uh, and people have been posting and creating funny images, crazy images, because it's the Internet and it's being unlocked to have endless possibility for creation. So Joe throughout the week has decided with his extensive free time. I don't have extensive free time. I've been doing it in between exports in, in his, how about this very limited free time? Yes. There we go. To take a crack at the Bing AI and learn how to input certain words, graphics, characteristics, image descriptors. Yep. To create photos of me and him or just me doing a podcast. I think that they're really accurate. They aren't. I think they all came out. They can't hear all show. Okay, so I'm going to put them on the screen. So the the I was I I had a little time on Friday at the end of the day and I started doing this and I did it a little more today while I was waiting for a 20 minute export. Uh and <laughs> I was trying to be as descriptive as possible yeah. to recreate Sean. The, look, the goal with this is I wanted to see if I could recreate Sean by inputting these things. And then I had a little fun with trying to recreate Don't tell me how hard you work this- anymore. <laughs> Don't you ever tell me how hard you work anymore. <laughs> this is the first one. When have I ever worn camouflage? The swords are a nice touch. I had a beard at the time. I don't wear sunglasses. I'm not, what would that be, 410 pounds. The Falcons is a nice touch. There's the microphone. There's the, the laptop. Everything I, you need. So, it's- so the, the, wait, the prompt that I made you to put, a, a, um, put in there, I think I, the wording I used was, uh, make him look like he's in agonizing pain. Is <laughs> was the way that I I described it. Do you have another uh, to, to show the class uh, here? Uh, this oh, one's a, yeah. this is a little normal. This one's kind of normal. That one's um, not terrible. Okay. That's actually typically my posture. I wish my beard was that thick. Uh, again, yeah. I don't wear camouflage, which I think you had to queue up because you can't just say sunglasses. That would have given you no, a I default wayfair. This I said sunglasses. sunglasses. I said sunglasses. This is old man sunglasses. Bad sunglasses. I said shiny sunglasses. This one, uh, there is just a lot of, lot of discomfort going on in this one. Um, when am I uncomfortable? When am I that? I, you sweat worse than me. <laughs> You've talked about I can't get up during the show because I'm uh, stuck to the chair. Uh, I am stuck to the chair right now. So then I also inputted. I also inputted. I wanted it to to correctly create me. And obviously, I look. You go I look, fuck yourself. You, I look a lot like this. <laughs> I mean, I think that that one's pretty accurate, is it not? <laughs> so I've watched a lot of videos of people that have like died and come back to life. And uh, yeah, I watched one recently, and he's and, and the person died. He was out cold for like eighteen minutes or something. He said, oh, "I don't." You know, after it was just dark, it was relaxing, it was calm. But the one thing that did happen, my life did flash before my eyes. Everything. I saw everything. It flashed before my eyes. Are you ready to have the the hours burned on this 
flash yeah. before your eyes before going to the pearly gates. Go fuck yourself. Look at this photo. I don't wear glasses. You wear glasses. <laughs> and you're not jacked. That one is the most problematic. Stop giving me camouflage. Stop giving me a massive southern beard. Don't make these I'm anymore. Not, I'm give, not doing it. Don't give yourself it's a six-pack. It's Big AI pack. who's doing don't it. Don't give yourself a six-pack. You don't have shoulders uh. like that. And you know what? You know what's frustrating? I am actually genuinely busy enough. I'm not going to go and make retaliation ones. You're not busy enough. You'd have the time if you wanted to. I have. I think you should make retaliation. I have. You you know, I have better things to do. All right. Yeah. All right. At Joe DeLeon at Sanderson Radio. We'll be back. Um, will you will you once it. say Hack City, subscribe, find the podcast wherever you can listen. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.